0: Hello and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick.
1: The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get with the methodical, bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Police for pulling the wall on us Painting and taking on all the blatant hate to and to trolls Document the ways that they aim to take control scrutinise and do their lies and make them fall If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt To grab a shovel and dig up the tent If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt To grab a shovel and dig up the tent.
0: For nearly two decades, I've been writing about content creation, about new platforms for content creation, new business models for content creation, and the impact of technologies and policies on content creation. And there's this sort of strange dichotomy that I've seen recently, and honestly, it's it's, gone back many years, but I've noticed it a lot more uh, very recently, and it's that you have one group of people insisting with absolute certainty that now is the absolute worst time to be a content creator. And then you have another group arguing the extreme opposite, that now is the absolute best time to be a content creator. And it seems like both of these things can't be true at the same time, though maybe it's true in kind of a weird way, in that it potentially depends on what kind of content creator you want to be today. Specifically, I see two competing forces at work. The first is that it's always been incredibly difficult to make a living as a content creator. It's why so many parents try to steer their kids away from being artists or musicians or writers. It's why the word starving often comes before any of those job titles. You have your starving artists and musicians and starving writers. So the reality is that historically, most people who wanted to create content for a living ended up actually doing something else. Because the system was impossible for them to get noticed at all. And without getting into the system, you basically had no career. And getting into the system meant getting chosen by a few gatekeepers, such as the record labels or movie studios or publishers or whatnot. For people who used to be completely locked out of the system then, now is actually pretty clearly the best time to be a content creator. They don't have to deal with getting past the gatekeepers anymore. There are tons of tools out there that let them create, distribute, promote, and monetize their works. It doesn't mean that they'll be successful, but they can actually create and get it out there and even make some money without having to get permission from a gatekeeper first. On the other hand, for content creators who do want to go a more traditional route, things are potentially more difficult. The path to success is no longer as clear. It used to be you sign a deal with a gatekeeper. You get a movie deal or a record contract or a publishing deal. Now, who knows? You have an infinite number of choices. You could build a YouTube following or a social media following or self-publish. You could run a Kickstarter campaign, build a Patreon. And that kind of uncertainty can be quite scary and probably confusing. On top of that, the monetization aspect is, is certainly trickier. I'm a big fan of lots of new business models for content creation, but they tend to be, I would say, more complicated than what it used to be. It used to be you create a thing and you sell that thing, and now it's a whole variety of different ways to to monetize your works. So with our usual co-hosts, Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy, I wanted to discuss the state of content creation today. Um, and and we'll start with. Do you think that that my summary of why it could be both the the best time and the worst time an accurate assessment, or am I reading it wrong?
1: So I'm <laughs> so so I think that one one you know kind of one contention I have with kind of your premise, right? Uh-huh. Like what exactly what exactly does it mean to be a good time to be a content creator or a, a bad a, time a to a be com- a content? Completely right? fair argument, yeah. You because know. I would argue that you know maybe a lot of people that are creating content, like if you're doing something creatively, like if you're writing stories or creating music or making art for that matter, like you're just making it because you sure. want to make it. And it's not necessarily that you're like, Oh, so, I think this will be an excellent career choice for me. Yeah. And I'm and going to make it. Right. I, so and I think
0: that's, that's a really good point. And, and that's, that's, an important discussion that I think really gets lost in all of this. And actually I I did just hear a talk where this, this kind of issue was brought up and, um, and yeah, I mean maybe it was worth raising in the intro as well, but like just this idea that when people talk about creation and, and, you know, and artistic works these days, it's now suddenly being framed as, as this creative economy, right. And with the idea that there has to be sort of a monetary um, component to it in which you know it's full time careers, but the reality is, and I think we should yeah, recognize I, the reality is that most content creation is not done
1: right for with, with like a business model in in mind, right, right. Or, or for profit, or or even for like hey, like I'm gonna make I'm gonna paint this painting because it's my career, right? Right. So so I think so. So then I'm gonna disagree with that.
2: I I, okay. I, I think a lot of most very good art. Even if the person who's making it doesn't explicitly say, hey, I want to do this, even if they hold down a day job, I think somewhere deep down inside they're hoping that there's some kind of way that they can do this uh, 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 for a living. And I think that that's often, if not the total driving force, it's a a big component of it. That's the reason why people would put a lot of time or effort in perfecting a a particular thing. I think, again, yeah. to some extent, both of you might be
0: right that, that there, there is some work that is created just for the hell of it, and that, that, that where it's a hobby or it's interesting or people like it. And yeah. there are sometimes where ho- but, but hobbies I mean, turn into something more. And not everyone yeah. nef- necessarily wants it to be. But I also think that there's something to the I, fact I, that.
2: I do think there are some extremely wealthy people who don't need to work that probably put a lot of effort into their art. And they don't need to hold down a day job so they don't really care whether it's monetarily successful, but I think most like working class art I think people who actually have to hold down nine to fives and stuff when they make the art they're really
1: they're what, hoping there's that there's something what, that they can what do you get mean by working What do you mean by working class art what is that
2: working class art would be like people who are actually have to do a nine to five as opposed to someone who's got a trust fund or something like that
1: you know wait i I don't understand so working class art means you have another day job and then you're making art. As outside a, of? Yeah, outside of a day job. Why Why is that working class art?
2: <laughs> well, I just mean people who are, I don't know, Is that that
1: might be an anachronistic term, but people have to work for a living making art, you know, as opposed to... But you just said two different things. You're saying like that we have, people have jobs that are not their art and then creating art on the side, right? That would be... But, but
0: he's arguing that those people... That's distinct would, from would, people who are... Would probably prefer to be able to make a living from their their right, yeah, exactly
2: whereas the people who have the luxury to not do anything i mean i don't think it matters for them and i think there's a fair amount of those people by the way i mean there's certainly some a lot there's i don't think it's any accident that some of the most successful youtube channels are created by people that are that were still in high school it's because you don't really need you're, you're being taken care of by your parents you have your future ahead of you so you can actually have this hobby and not really worry about working a job while you're Creating this YouTube channel, and I think that's why a lot of very young people were the first big YouTube stars. Sure, uh, right. because they had this luxury. But when you know, when you get to like sort of adulthood, you know, there's going to be less of them from that
1: generation. Yeah, but I, I but I think that that's. I mean, we had an episode, a previous ep- episode where we discussed like the concept of basic income right. and how something like a basic income would would allow people to pursue what they truly want to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of when when you cleave the. Kind of the thought around like oh I need to be doing something mm. to live and to eat and to pay my rent. Um, that's that's a very different kind of artistic energy than I mean, like I mean that I S- think, so you're agreeing with me. I think. But but <laughs> no, but I think that you know the yearning to create art is not necessarily driven by like the need yeah. to make well, money. Well, I, I mean, it, I think I think there's. Right?
0: But both of those things, again, both of those things can be true, right? I mean, you can have a need and a desire uh, and, you know, a passion to create some kind of content in in whatever format. And that, you know, that drive and passion will cause you to do it no matter how you can. But there's also the separate question of how do you make a living? And so I think for many people, like, they see it as, you know, it would be nice if we could combine these two passions.
1: Yes, Or Well, one's not a passion, but one is a need, right? A need. It would be be nice if you didn't have to think about making a rent when you're focusing your life on doing what you truly enjoy doing. Or you truly want, not just enjoy, like, you know, you feel like this is what I should be doing, right? And it's nice for those of us that, like right now, in the way way currently society is set up, it is more convenient for people whose passions happen to align with something that makes them a living, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that right, if you look at history the, you know, creating art, creating content does not necessarily align with making money. And I think that that's, that, that's actually why you have the situation where you have these star- starving artists. That's why you have the situation where, frankly, like content creators are, can be viewed as being exploited because they're creating content because they want to create content and because they're going to create it anyway, then people that make money from that content is kind of seen as exploited like ex- mm-hmm. exploit exploitive right so sure because they're gonna make that content anyway and then people are like sweet i'm gonna monetize this by selling whatever on top of it um and i think that that's that's that tension you know because sometimes when people are doing work just for money then that that work won't be done unless someone is paid to do it right and i think like when was the last time that i mean i I can't think of a menial job that nobody nobody wants to do that they um, that they just do for fun right like I think that that's that's a big difference, is that a lot of content is created without that money, that monetary motivation so, being the primary thing. Yeah. So right. I
0: think I think there are sort of two separate issues here. And 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 honestly, I mean I, I probably part of the problem with this discussion and the way it goes when it happens at sort of the policy levels is yeah. that, you know, these things get conflated, right? And so I think, you know, there's one discussion which is is it now the best or worst time to make a living as a content creator? Yeah. Um, And that is potentially a separate discussion than is now the best time to just be be a a a content content creator. creator.
1: And I think that the discussion there is probably a little different. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can tackle the second one. I think it seems to me like there's, in terms of mediums and, and creative forums and creative forms of expression, it seems like right now is an amazing time to be a content creator, right? Sure. We have like the digital medium, which is just being explored, honestly. There's the VR medium that's being, you know, that's starting well, to hit now.
2: Beyond the types of medium,
1: it's yeah. also the cost of tools has gone down. The cost down. of tools has the, gone
2: the, down. The, the cost of everything. I the, co- mean, the, the cost, cost of,
0: of creating, the cost distributing, of dis- right? distributing, the yeah. cost
2: of promoting, and honestly, the cost of monetizing. I mean, yeah. And, and to be honest, the just the fact that there's mechanisms by which the users or the consumers can. Consume and recognize the best artists mm-hmm. is also a huge motivator, right? Just the fact that these upvotes on Reddit or your channel getting views. Sure. Or whatever, I mean, I mean the, that's a the huge sort of mo- the, the
0: combination. of I think there's two two aspects there. You have the combination of direct feedback, which I think is huge, but also the direct connection. Yeah. You know, whereas before the artists themselves were often very separate from the audience, um, and now there's a much more direct con- connection, which is enabled by by the internet. Yeah. So, on
2: On, on sort of a side note, I just recently on Reddit, like a couple of days ago, I just saw that like one of the top trending threads was a guy who was on Twitch. He was like over seventy, and a guy was just on the piano playing the piano, and people were just like millions of people were giving him requests, and he was just playing, and he got like I don't know how many thousands of dollars um, in donations doing that. Um, Just a random guy, old guy on a piano, and um, I was just watching that, and I was like, that's. That's crazy. I mean, he, he's clearly like a retired like lounge piano player or something uh-huh. like that. And he, for a moment, he was easily the most popular uh, music, live musician on the planet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was, I mean, for that moment, for that performance, I mean, when you have five right. or six million people just but then, I mean, streaming that, it, I mean, that's that raises crazy. all
0: sorts of other. I mean, that's, that's, that is kind of a fascinating thing, right? I mean, where you can have that, you know, yeah, in 15 minutes of fame, yeah, exactly. right? But, um, you know but then some people will argue like is that is that good or bad right i mean like there's power to that and that's that's kind of neat but then you wonder like you know, when you just sort of focus on the sort of it's l- very much flash a lottery. Pan, it's very lottery much a lottery ticket kind of situations. Yeah. How, how, and then you know what will happen because this always happens whenever you have something like that. Is then you know other people come along and they're like, "Where are my six million followers? Yeah. Like I'm going to play piano just like that guy." And how
2: can I exploit that right. situation? Right. Well, it, well, let, let's look at it this way, right? Like I think you're right in. So things are are maybe a little bit worse for the guys who are at the who were at the 99th percentile in terms of popularity, like the Michael Jacksons and stuff Gee. like that. Um, How is it worse? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well, I, I think gonna, the revenues gonna, are I'm probably lower. I'm going right?
0: to argue this that's not true. I think, I think, and I know this argument's been well, made. Let's leave it this side. That's the only place where there's that argument, n- right? No, no, but no, no, no. no, 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 no. I, I actually think it's something different. And, but, and, but let me, let me okay. finish my
2: I had, I had a total point, so <laughs> okay. it wasn't just that, which is that I think the for the long tail of people right the people that attract five or ten thousand fans things are are definitely much much better right mm-hmm. like if you have any kind of like very fringe taste and like in in music uh or or whatever it might be uh, this is a great time right for the people who produce that stuff now w- uh, whether it's like fan fiction or or whatever it is right mm-hmm. like like and then some of those people who, who would never have made it past the gatekeepers, like you said, first make an impact in some fringe community and then explode to the popularity. Right? Sure. There's been a few of those. Even like some of the biggest stars now, right? Like like Justin Bieber was just sure. a singer on YouTube. Um, There's I, I, lots of lots yeah. of people. I, I mean, can't remember the lady who the, wrote uh, the 70, 50, 50, shades Fifty Shades of Grey oh, was fan fiction originally. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, there's probably there's probably going to be more of those there's like sure. I think uh, Hugh Howie I think his name uh-huh. was the guy who wrote the yeah. the um there was a, a, yeah, a, a yeah, ebook yeah. And actually the movie The Martian was based on a book that was like basically
1: uh, was first on the web right yep yeah. and uh I mean that reddit movie the the Rome Rome's oh yeah, yeah sweet Rome whenever it comes out I don't know what the last yeah, I I oh yeah I, that that in that's in a, a Marines in Rome or something like yeah. that yeah, yeah. someday it'll come out
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 i mean so so there's like i i mean and and if you look you know about uh, things like the amount of books being written today, mm. the number of movies coming out, the amount of music being created and released today, they're all going up, like way up. So certainly, I think there's there shouldn't be any argument that as a consumer, that now is is a great time to be a consumer of content. Some people will argue the the sort of flip side to that is either that there's too much junk content with all of that new content, or that... The really quality content is getting squeezed out somehow because it's not being funded, and and um, you know what, you know and there are different arguments as to whether or not enough money is going into the field overall. I think the numbers show that that more money is actually going into all of the different content creator fields, but it's being spread out more widely. So mm-hmm. there are questions about you know is there enough money to create you know for certain individuals to to create like really great, you know, classic historic works of art. Um, I, I think there probably is, but that's, that's one of the debates that, that people bring up. Now, back to the point that, that uh, you started to make in terms of like, you know, and, and I've definitely seen people argue that the top artists are worse off. I mean, so this is, the, this is one of the arguments I had, you know, f- maybe 12, 15 years ago when I started talking about like some of these business model things. I started using examples of like people who historically would not have gotten past the gatekeepers who suddenly yeah. had success online and did things on the internet and, and built a career. And there were some early examples. And the response from some people was, um, well, that works for those people because they had no, you know, no other option. And so yes, they found something, but that would never work for, you know, a, a really big successful star. And then we started to see big rock stars, you know, making use of the internet and in successful ways and being really successful in doing things. And so I would write about them and people would say, oh, well, you know, that works for those guys because they're big, huge rock stars and that would never work for anyone else than that. And so, I mean, I used to joke about that no matter what you said you know and so at one point i actually wrote an article that started with like a big huge rock star being really successful with with you know using the internet in creative ways and then a slightly less successful and then a slightly less successful down to like you know a sort of a, a, a small time artist who you know otherwise never would have gotten anywhere and just tried tried to demonstrate that and people still would argue that these were exceptions to the rule but i i think that there may actually be at least a slight argument for for one segment of this the population where it's it is a little bit more difficult. And the, and it's not the superstars because I think the superstars now have wider audiences and can do more with them and access more people. But but are they getting
2: higher revenues overall? I think so. I mean, yeah.
0: if you look at the really successful artists today, the
2: the the top is still doing The, the
0: top is still is doing better than so fine, my question better is, than they they is, have historically.
2: Is Taylor Swift today making more money than Michael Jackson did in I, 1985? I think so. I think so. I think absolutely so. No. And so the but you the, have a point you're leading to,
1: which is
0: right. So but I think I think there is a class of artists which under the old system were still successful enough to make a living as an artist, but were sort of at the the bottom. They weren't getting kicked out of the system, but they were but just the, successful the living enough. Living like as a good
1: living. And and they were able yeah. to make
0: a good living and they didn't have any competition coming up beneath them. Right. And so there was there was, you know, if you think of like a, a power tail, right, they were able to sort of collect a lot of the long tail under them and mm-hmm.
2: effectively aggregate it. Are <laughs> so you talking about like the toad the Wet sprockets and those kind of I, guys? Sure, like that kind of I don't mm-hmm. you know, I mean they I, might be giants.
0: Uh, they might be probably a little bigger than this but like Mephistopheles <laughs> Scotties, I don't know I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know how successful they ever were fine, yeah. yeah and they might be judged, but but right there, there there, was this class where they're not household names but they you know they had a following mm-hmm. and I think it's life for that tier of artist may be more difficult for, for a couple of reasons one is that they sort of to some extent became used to that career level where they didn't have to do these other things but they had the support of a record label and the record label is
1: and, and they sold enough and they sold, they enough, sold enough plastic discs and to they make, could to tour enough and, yeah.
0: and that sort of combination was a sustainable living and they yeah. could be happy and come out with an album every year to two years and things like that but i think that kind of living is more difficult today i think you know if they were willing and some of them have been willing to sort of transfer some of that energy into other areas that maybe they can make that up. But it's it's so no those, longer this sort of clear cut path for them. And those are the ones. Those who, are the guys who need to disaggregate. the. Uh, get, and the those are theory. the guys who, who tend to be sort of the angriest about yeah. the Internet. Like Metallica. I, mean, oh, I think Metallica huge, is, is huge. A, above that, okay. that level, though they are angry, at, angry. The inter- <laughs> at the but internet. maybe,
1: maybe they're, they're angry because they're sliding into that situation, right? So. Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not. But, um, you know, I, I think there is this, you know, when, when you see the sort of really, really angry musicians, and I'm, I'm not going to name names because some, why, why some of them really right, dislike then. me and I don't want to start that. Well, then they dislike uh, you and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to. Into. but but uh <laughs> but we'll I we'll leave I, them in the comment section. Sure. I think so I think that there's that they have an argument which is that their life has become more difficult but I I, I don't think it's necessary that their life, you know, that their situation is, is worse off it's just that they have to do something different than they did in the past and they're not necessarily willing to do that.
1: Like work every day for. Yeah, work.
0: that's not <laughs> that's not what I'm arguing.
2: But um I I feel like for for those people it, it might make sense to like fire the record company and go straight sure. to the consumer. They give them a higher share of a larger volume. But then yeah. they have to manage their own thing. But and the, exactly. and then, right. So yeah. there's,
0: all different, there's all different skills mm. to that. And I think that's where some of the yeah. concern
1: is. And so it's, it's sort of a transition period. And I think, and I think some of the artists that, that have shown that they're good at managing their own careers and good at merchandising and good at kind of touring and, and connecting with their fan base are doing really well in this new system, yeah. right? Yeah, so, and, and
0: so, I mean, there's an argument that, you know, that, that the, the the folks who are having trouble making the transition, they sort of, you know, phase out of the system, and the next generation that sort of grew up digital that that yeah. this shouldn't necessarily be an issue. And and honestly, you know, 10 years from now, there's a, a decent chance that the idea that, like, the internet was bad for, sure. for artistic content creation will sort of be this you know quaint historical concept
1: yeah but maybe it's a play devil's advocate maybe like no that's not allowed if you have if you have a finite amount of energy to devote to doing things right so in the old system you could have you know 100% of your energy devoted to creative endeavors now you need to do like 70% sure and 30% managing your social media contacting your merch you know doing your merch and whatever yeah, you know, and,
0: and I mean, and there are different responses to that, right and,
1: and one is like, okay, I mean, Sorry. that that's life; things change. Yeah.
0: Uh, another is that you know, honestly, like then maybe there's a role for that, you know, and it's called a band manager. Sure, Fifth, fifth, fifth yeah. Beatle. Yeah, I mean, it could be whatever, and yeah. you know, for the people who don't want to do that, they can hire someone to do that and give up a percentage. And for the people who do want to do that, they can keep that percentage to themselves. But no matter what, I'd argue that that's probably a better situation than coughing up, you know, your entire copyright and control to a record label um, you know, in exchange for an advance or something. So, I don't know. Depends how big the advance is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, this is very specific to the music field, but the, the whole advanced system is kind of really sketchy in terms of how it really works. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, but I think for, for most content creators um, at almost every other level that there's so many advantages to everything that's out there. And yeah, there are some challenges, but I, I would argue that, that overall it's better
2: makes sense. Where's you know, the devil's advocate? Uh, Come on. <laughs> I, I mean I, I you've convinced me, man. What can I say? You know, I, I think an interesting thing to look at is um which is which is maybe orthogonal or maybe you can consider it the same kind of thing is uh if you look at these guys that stream games, I don't know if we consider these guys sure. content yeah, creators. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. There's uh there they form these collectives. Uh-huh. You know, um uh, Team Solo Mid is like a a big one. There's another one called uh CLG, I don't know what it stands for, but these guys, it's people doing completely different kinds of games, coming together, forming a collective, and I'm not quite sure what kind of economic relationship they have with each other. They do seem to have some kind of management, and and the different collectives, sometimes front teams for professional um, game conventions and things like that, but it seems like the people who are streaming definitely collect their own income. Mm -hmm. They have their own streaming pages, their Twitch pages, and so... um, I don't know what the banner does, but it seems like it's almost like uh, you know when a bunch of electricians come together and form a guild, and they have uh, you know a common insurance platform or whatever, a common negotiation or something like that. I wonder if that that kind of thing is in its nascency with with new content creators, where eventually we'll see something like a scre- screen actors guild or something like that, where these people come but together. A, 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 a more modern, a more modern a thing, d- right? digital screen. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then they have a bunch of resources then, right? Because sure. you can have here's our health insurer, here's a guy who will. Um, do your distribution for you cheaply, here's another service, you know, here's a, a car service if you need to go on tour, and here's a here's a vendor you can use if you need to uh, book shows across several cities, like, you know, like, just get all these services, and all you need to do is join the guild. I think something like that, like a cooperative, will probably emerge. Um, I've noticed on YouTube, for example, a lot of different uh, content creators that were independent YouTube channels, you see them crossing over now into yeah. each other's channels, and really... Uh, encouraging the sharing of each other's links because they, I think they're realizing that in a way they're forming um, chan- uh, channels like an HBO or something. They're sure. forming a network uh, where any one of their success is beneficial for the others because nobody ever watches just one five-minute YouTube video. They watch five minutes and then five minutes of something else. So they're shuffling um, traffic to each other yeah. and subscribers. Well, be, and it, it's pretty neat, I think. Yeah,
0: it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out because I'm sort of thinking of a parallel from my world, which is, you know, in the early days of, of TechTurt, there were sort of like, you know, these other sort of blogs that were sort of similar and similar yeah. size. And we were, you know, really, you know, there was a lot of link sharing going on. There was nothing, we never, you know, there was no formalizing. Though there actually, we did have some discussions about formalizing sort of relationships with some of these blogs, most of which don't exist anymore. And, you know, you would always sort of link to each other and you'd have, you know, um, uh, what were the, the blog like rolls? Like blog rolls? What's a blog, <laughs> <A> blog roll? <laughs> it was, it was like a big deal, but it was just a list of links to other blogs yeah. that you were sort uh, of associated mm-hmm. with. And and there were... Um, what were those? Oh, gosh. Um, it was like Link Exchange? Yeah, Link yeah. Exchange, where you had like, or like the the, the the circles, but they were like, I feel so... Yeah, well, that was Link Exchange. That was There like was Link Basically. Exchange, but there was, it had some, there was another name for them too.
2: Um which were like... You, j- you join a ring of links and yeah, people just and go through y- them. Yeah, link?
0: and you would just like go from link to link. And yeah. there were all these things. that was very sort of... But um, that was like
1: on the on the web page's footer. Yeah, like, I mean, this is button. so historical. It's like, yeah. Uh,
0: horrible. Mm-hmm. Hyperlinks. Yeah. but, but <laughs> no, I, I kind of remember but, that. But then like, you know, at some point kind of in the mid-2000s, suddenly like the tech blog space became very sort of corporate and official. And then mm-hmm. suddenly like you had like people were really into, like, scoops and sort of more traditional journalism and, and like, you know, a very sort of competitive element to it. And, it, and like, it's not entirely true, and certainly, like, I know people at a lot of these other sites and, and I'm personally friendly with them, but there is this sort of... It, it feels a lot more competitive now than it did in the early days where it was just a lot more like, mm-hmm. you know, nobody knows what blogs are, we should all sort of help each other out kind of thing. And so I almost wonder, you know, if... I could see it going either way. I think there are arguments for it going either way where you'd have these sort of stronger collective groups or you could have, you know, sort of more and
2: more individualized professional setups. I feel like a lot of tech uh, consumer tech blogs, not necessarily like tech dirt stuff, but things that do like you know cell phone reviews or whatever uh-huh. if I go to them they they often have very similar stories every day they, oh my gosh uh, they, yeah it almost seems cloned or if <laughs> one person's copying from the other. I almost want to know who's the guy who writes the original stories you know Onand <laughs> um, Tech was an exception to that but but um, I don't know what's going on with that since their founder has gone to apple but um, i i really I feel like most uh, content creation in the journalism space, I, I suppose we need to do another show if we have it. i think we 've done one before haven 't we we've it, done a few, it, yeah. it, for the, since that content is very time sensitive it 's a whole different dynamic than music or Perhaps. movies and, and things like that and and um, well I think you know what I think I, honestly now that i 'm thinking about it, you know one of the differences
0: might be that in the early days when we were doing it, it was much more it was about blocking right i mean it was it was generally sort of more opinionated, more informal, whereas now it's like journalism, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, most of these sites that you're talking about are they consider themselves journalism platforms and not not blogs and not you know like they have opinion pieces, but they're more like columns and the other stuff. Do you doing consider Techdirt a, a newspaper? No, it's a blog. It's a different yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, you, but you, we're there's ancient. a voice to every <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, every, I mean we've always said we're we're. And we're a site with an opinion. And if we don't have an opinion about something, we're probably not going to write about it, no matter how newsworthy it is. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole point is to have an opinion, but but that's tech dirt. And, you know, we're from the dark ages. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so, I mean, maybe that's, you know, maybe
2: that's, that's the difference, but, I think it makes sense to be upfront about it. I think almost every publication has an opinion. And they try to pretend like they're objective. But sure. Every, every one of them has And anything. that's
0: that is a different discussion a for, 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 podcast, for yeah. a different podcast, the nature yeah. of objective journalism. But um I don't know. I, I I think it's interesting. Um I think I think we're about out of time on this one. I, I you know, I'm gonna put my foot down and have an opinion and once again say that I think, you know, now it's just you know, it's a really great time for both creators and for for consumers of content and and increasingly those two things are they overlap with each other and you have you know the consumers who are creators as well
2: Um, 20 years ago this podcast wouldn't exist uh, yeah we didn't even mention podcasting
0: as a content creation format which is huge right now and exploding although
2: i think you were on the radio way before podcasting uh yeah on the actual
0: radio college college radio yeah Yeah. exactly that doesn't count it's college (laughs) um yeah that was always fun i always enjoyed that anyways um do we have any final thoughts on on the whole content creation in the internet space go make content go make content yes go make a podcast go write something go make music go make a movie and uh yeah because it's a great time to do it yes And then thank us and link to us because it's all a big community. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you very much for, for listening. And uh, this is an interesting discussion. I wasn't quite sure where it was going to go. And it, I think it went in interesting ways. Anyways, we will be back next week. Hirsch, Dennis, thanks so much. And uh, thanks to all the listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys.
2: Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> To grab a shovel and dig up the cat If we don't stand up to them, someone will get pumped. To grab a shovel and dig up the cat